welcome to the Pleasurable Success Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rose, and business success and mindset coach, speaker, corporate dropout turned entrepreneur, and the host of the Embodied Coach Masterclass. And I am on a mission to inspire as many people as I possibly can to step into their power, recognize their unconditional worthiness, and ultimately build a life they are absolutely obsessed with. And through this podcast, I will be spreading my message along with some powerful guest speakers, and we will be talking all things business strategy, mindset, manifesting, and of course, making your success a pleasure-filled experience. So join us in making our reality exceed our wildest dreams. Welcome back, you lovely listeners, to this incredible podcast, the Pleasurable Success Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with my soul sister today. I have a very special guest for you guys. I'm excited to be diving in deep to some really juicy topics that I know you're all going to enjoy. I have Miss Bella Gotts. She is a health and wellness coach, mindset queen, nutrition grad, entrepreneur, self-growth junkie, network marketer, social media coordinator for her family business, and just an absolute gift to this world. I'm so excited that she's here, going to be talking to you guys about who she is, what she's all about, and just bring some value to all of you. So Bella, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's so delightful to be here. I'm so excited for you. I'm excited for you to be here, to be talking to the listeners and really diving in deep to how you got to where you are and really how you can help other people get to where they want to go. So why don't you dive in and tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got to becoming all of that wealth of things that you are. I love it. Um, More specifically around becoming a health coach and mindset and network marketing. I'd love for you to touch on all those things and how you got to where you are. Mm, beautiful. Well, honestly, if you would have told me two and a half years ago, <laughs> I'd be here working from home as a network marketer and as an entrepreneur, I probably would have laughed in your face. I did not have this on a vision board. I did not have this in my five-year plan. I went to college in San Luis Obispo to study nutrition. And that was also kind of something that I chose on a whim. I wasn't like, I want to become a registered dietitian or I want to go into nursing school. So I'm going to do this and check this box first. I really did it because I had been playing soccer really competitively for about 13 years. And it was a really big transition for me to no longer be a competitive athlete. Yet I was still so intrigued and fascinated about how we can fuel our bodies and how we can really nourish them. And so to step into nutrition, I knew that there was going to be some science involved. And I feel like people still to this day think studying nutrition is kind of like home ec, like it's very like hands-on with food and you just do a bunch of cooking classes. And I'm here to tell you that's not the case. It was very, very like while we did have some super fun cooking classes and learning about different you know, diets and restrictions. There's so much science related to that. So I was kind of thrown a curveball when I got through my four years and really fast forward to my senior year, I was like, okay, on track to 
becoming a registered dietitian. I was like, cool, I'm going to go do my dietetic internship. This is just like the next stepping stone. Um, and I got to my orientation class that really kind of unpacked everything that the dietetic internship application process um, looked like. And so I was in that orientation class and I just had this like gut-wrenching feeling. I was like, this is not what I want to be doing. I'm not excited about this. There's over 250 programs if you guys aren't familiar with becoming a registered dietitian and what that process looks like. But looking at, you know, where I wanted to be based, like where I wanted to do my dietetic internship, you know, if I wanted to go across the country to Boston or Chicago or New York, like I really wanted to live in kind of like a bigger city. And it's so funny looking back at that in hindsight now living in a small mountain town, but yeah, it's like you've um, gone the opposite (laughs) side of that. (laughs) Literally everything that I thought is just shattered all of those (laughs) in a good way. Um, but super, super terrifying to just decide that that wasn't what I wanted to be doing. That's what all my friends were doing. They were like, cool. Like I picked my location. I picked my program. I'm going to combine it with my master's. And I was just like, I was shook. I was like, this is not something that I feel excited and ready to do. And so, okay. So what do I want to do? I was juggling a couple factors. I was like, okay, so I'm not doing my dietetic internship. That's kind of off the table, at least for now. It's kind of like a maybe for a later kind of thing. And I'm looking at my other options and I'm like, cool. It was really tempting to move back to where I grew up in Oakland Hills into the Bay Area. And I had an internship lined up with an amazing company called Sunbasket. And I was like, dude, I want to do that. I also potentially really wanted to travel and get some like really hands-on experience. Um, So it was kind of what experience do I want to get to supplement, um, you know, where I was in my process in Mm. order get to that next level. And so I didn't really know what that was going to look like because I had just kind of, you know, absolutely shattered everything that I thought I was going to be doing. Um, What I had worked so hard for in my four years. And it felt like a really big defeat. Like I was letting myself down, like I was letting some of my teachers down, that it was kind of just this expectation for what I was supposed to be doing. And, you know, having all that pressure, just like, these expectations of like, yeah, you did this and now you're doing this. And it's so, so true. Like in diving into mindset, small tangent here. Go for (laughs) it. We love them. (laughs) With understanding, honestly, like A to B to C, we have this like structured lifestyle where you're expected to, you know, go to school, get a job, work really hard so that you can, you know, work for the rest 40 years of your life and then retire. Like shattering all of that is one of the scariest things that you can ever do and you can ever embody. And so really to kind of- I literally had chills when you just said that, by the way. Honestly, I think that's, that's like why we're here and what both you and I love talking about is like really shattering that norm and creating a life based on what you want to be doing instead of what you're supposed to be doing, what you should be doing. Yep. 
And I love the quotations. It's, it's so true. Like there is no right way to do this life. And the only thing that truly matters is feeling aligned, feeling fulfilled, being happy, doing well for yourself. And that is in alignment with your truth, your purpose without the expectations of society and your parents and your teachers. Like you said, like, it's so powerful that you were able to really go from like, I have these, all these expectations that I feel I need to live up to, to no, like I need to do what feels right for me and go on the path that you are meant for in a sense, Absolutely, awaken your own journey. Mm. You nailed it. And seriously, that was just kind of like the tip of the iceberg. So that's not even like <laughs> hugely yep. and, and the majority of why I do what I do and who I serve, who I serve, because I was like, you know, stuck and confused and lost at that point in my life, you know, being a recent college grad. And so I decide after kind of everything that was up in the air, I decide that I was going to move to Tahoe, where I also like kind of sort of grew up. Um, And my mom and my brother lived there. My dad still lived in the Bay Area and was able to work from down there. But, you know, being at my mom's house and like moving in to my parents place, like after having my own freedom in college, having my own house with all of my girlfriends, I lived with four other girls and I just felt like so much of my independence and just like where I wanted to be, like so much of that was stripped from me. And I was like, well, all of my friends are like, they have these really beautiful apartments and like they have these corporate jobs and they're so like settled and they have everything figured out. Like, why can't that be my life? Mm-hmm. Like, You're really like, why, why do I crave more? <laughs> yes. And I thought I was like, you know, insane that I hadn't had it figured out yet. And so here I am at like, gosh, 22, 21. And I go full speed, like all hands on deck into a fine dining job. And so at this point I had worked in restaurants for about two years, give or take, love working hands-on with food, super, super creative environment, and really just learned so much. And it paired really beautifully with me studying nutrition. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to get some more work experience. I'm going to live in Tahoe. It's absolutely beautiful there. And we'll just see where this takes me. You know, maybe I'll spend a year up there maybe I'll be, you know, six months there and I'll decide that I want to go travel or do something else. Right. And so I go, full speed into this job. And I start working 60 hours a week, literally full-time, full-time, full-time. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love it. I am learning from an incredible mentor, you know, gosh, Andrew Scheimer, like love him as a dad <laughs> to this day, just a really amazing human being to guide me and teach me in a really uncertain time. But all of the good things aside, I got to this point, probably about six or nine months into it, where I was just in full burnout. I was kind of going through the motions. I was like, what do I do? I cannot work this way and live this way sustainably. I'm commuting two hours in the day, two hours in the car to my job. Um, 
you know, working 10, 12 hour days with coworkers who are really content with where they're at and they don't want to grow and be better. Mm-hmm. And that was fundamentally a really big piece of the puzzle for me um, in understanding who I was surrounding myself with and, and how much of an impact that was having on me. And so that was a really big factor. I was a minority as one of the only women in the back of house. So I was really undervalued. There's, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if you talk to any other woman that works in fine dining or in the restaurant industry on the line as a chef, they can say the same thing. There's a lot of masculine energy. It's so dense. It's so mm-hmm. thick. You're like, as a woman, you are looked at so differently for being a creative in that space and being mm-hmm. someone who wants to be more and who wants to be greater. It's kind of like, you know, even just being my position was called a garmage. And so it was cold side. I worked with like salads and soups and appetizers and cheese plates. So it wasn't like doing the man's job, like doing the grill or saute or, you know, like the work that took a lot of grit. Yeah. Like that's kind of how I was viewed in my position. And so I felt incredibly undervalued that my hard work, like what I was bringing to the table just simply wasn't enough. And my paycheck really reflected that too, where I remember having this conversation so vividly and saying, I am so willing, I'm so excited to continue in this job, to do more of the things that are going to make me worth X amount of dollars per hour. Wow. And I was told that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. That wasn't going to be, you know, an option for me. Yeah. What a and- tough reality to face too, when you're just yeah. like, you, you're recognizing that you're worthy of so much more, but it, it's not even appearing to you as an option. And that's being, Wait. it's being vocalized by the people around you like that, that must really bruise the ego. Absolutely. And it continued to just like crush me. Like I was like, okay, you know what? Like, sure. I'm told by the owner that there's no way that he could give me a raise or that I could be worth X amount of dollars per hour. But like, is this what I want to be doing still? Like I was still playing the comparison game with what I should be doing and what all my other friends were doing and they were figuring their lives out. And I just felt like I was kind of beating myself into the ground. And I was like, what is it all for? Like I didn't come this far to come this far. And so that was the point that was like, really the turning point for me where I was like, I, I need to be doing something differently. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I'm already working 60 hours a week. Um, something has got to change. Yeah. Change. And I can't wait to unpack that to that comparison stage of like really trying to figure out what do I want to be doing while you're seeing everyone else who's figuring out like that is a really hard position to be in and one that I can absolutely relate to. So I would love for you to kind of anyone who might be going through that experience in right now, like they're on the edge of like, I know I'm not meant for what I'm doing, but I know everyone else out there is telling me that this is what I should be doing. What would you say to that person? Who's just like, I know I need to get out because, but they're, they're stuck in this comparison of like the should, should be doing, and this is what I've been raised to do, or this is what the right right way of path is. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to that person? 
honestly, I would say tune into who you are, tune into what you really, really want. And this is something that 2020 has given a spotlight onto so many people. It's really challenged people into questioning like, oh, what is that? It's the most simple question you can ask. What do you want? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. And and it's as soon as I got clarity around this, as soon as I, you know, put the pressure and the expectations and the you should or you shouldn't aside was the same second that I decided what I was worthy of and decided what my destiny was going to be. I was no longer choosing to settle. Like that is incredibly powerful, really, really simple fundamentally, but one of the biggest shifts that I had in understanding how to navigate the craziness of life and and what you're put on this earth to do. Yeah. I love that you said that choose your destiny. That's so powerful because I think that a lot of people think that like, you know, there's um, fate versus free will. Like you have the power of choice and you you always have that ability to make a decision that's in service of your truth and your purpose. And you touched on this too. 2020 has been like this massive awakening for people that that stable and secure job, it's not so stable and secure. And you should be looking for options of monetizing your passion and doing what lights you up inside because at the end of the day, you need to be happy. And if you are feeling like the life is getting sucked out of you in your current position, then you get to choose your destiny and take control over your free will, over the choice that you have to make in order to be well. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Yeah, I'm so happy you spoke to that. Yeah, to even kind of like unpack that a little bit more too. I did a really, really, really powerful meditation around this and it really helped me just like drop into this like seated awareness and tune into my intuition. Like what did I want? And it's way easier said than done, but like no other noise in the background. Like you're just sitting with yourself like Maybe it's envisioning where you see yourself a year from the date that you sit down and do the meditation, right? It's like you could do six months, you could do your five-year plan if you want. But I sat down and I did one year to the date and I said, how do I feel when I wake up in the morning? What am I doing for work? What does my relationship with money look like? Where am I living? Am I in a relationship? Like what does my life look like? And I'm completely visualizing it. Yes, yes, yes. It's tangible. It's already mine. I already have those things. What does it feel like physiologically in my body to have those things? Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you spoke to that. That's something that I have every single one of my clients do because one, it's such a powerful way to manifest into your physical reality, but it's also just a beautiful practice to realize that everything you desire, which is the feeling you can cultivate that now. And just going back to that simple question, what do I want? And if you desire it, it's for you. You can have it. It's meant for you. Yeah. So it's so beautiful. You're that given you that thought and that idea for a reason. It's a yes. little seed and what you focus on grows. So if you mm-hmm. focus on that, you, you know, visualize that and put intention and energy into that. That's going to flourish. Mm, yes. Oh my gosh. So true. I know we can talk about that forever, but it's such <laughs> a powerful practice. And 
for the listeners, I highly encourage you to just go back and listen to those questions that she asked herself during that visualization, because those are really powerful questions. What do your mornings look like? What does your relationship with money look like? How do you feel going throughout the day? What are things incorporated into your routine? How much money are you making per month even? And how does that money support you? How does it make you feel to have that? Um, And it's just such a powerful practice. I do it. I mean, I pretty much do it every single day because visualization is just such a powerful and exciting way to be in your highest vision and feel it now. So I'm so happy that you spoke to that. So for everyone listening, go back and ask, write down those questions to make sure that you are really in that experience and asking yourself those really powerful questions. Take Um, notes, ladies, take notes. So Tell us how you kind of transitioned then from being that um, undervalued, underpaid woman in the fine dining industry to where you are now and how, what that turning point was for you. Mm. So a funny little thing called divine timing really played in my favor. And honestly, when I had gotten to this point, I had already said yes to joining a network marketing company. And I was like, super fun to do this on the side. I didn't have a whole lot of time to spare. Right. And so I was like, all right, this is super fun. Let's just, you know, continue to do this as a little passion project, my little side hustle, um, because I wanted to learn more about myself. I wanted to learn more about um, nutrition and continue pursuing that passion. And that's what it was. That's what it was for me for the first six to nine months in that business. Yeah. And so I was simultaneously like kind of building it and sharing a little bit about it and doing it with my family and having my own process, um, experiencing, you know, the product and the program and my experience with who I wanted to help And it was just kind of like dabbling with that. And I was mainly still focused on getting the most that I could out of my full-time job. So it wasn't something I was taking seriously. So it wasn't until I got to that point, right? That really massive turning point where I was just like, this is not something I can do sustainably. I got to find something else. Um, I (laughs) really need to feel like what I'm working for is going to it's, it's reciprocating. Oh yeah. And I want to know that the effort that I'm putting in is going to be given back to me. Mm -hmm. I started to tap into, you know, a little bit more of my spirituality. I started to tap into a little bit more of mindfulness and, um, meditation and really the things that like filled my cup up. And so the more that I tapped into that, the more that that kind of just fed into this feeling, I can't be doing this full-time job anymore. Yeah. And where I started to actually consider my business as something that I could go more full-time with. And Mm. so sitting with that feeling, I remember creating a list. I'm a huge list girl. Okay. Pen to paper is my (laughs) jam. Yes, ma'am. Me too. I remember writing on a huge post-it notes. Those are also game-changing for me where my brain just can dump everything. Um, I remember making a pros and a cons list of staying in my job. And I wrote out 
all of the pros. I was like, cool. I'm surrounded by some pretty cool people. My coworkers were amazing. They were literally my only friends that I had in Tahoe because I didn't know anybody. None of my friends moved to Tahoe with me. So I had all these long distance friends, but I was like, these coworkers are really cool. Like I really enjoy hanging out with them. My chef is really cool. He's an awesome mentor. I'm still learning more about food. There is some opportunity there, but I have to fight and work really, 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 really hard and put years into that um, to make kind of baby steps. And I looked at the cons and it was a stark difference and overwhelming, like, oh my God, I could write freehand so many more reasons as to why this is not serving me. Yeah. Why this is no longer something that I'm aligned with. Mm-hmm. And it gives me like goosebumps to think about this because it's so simple. Like I feel like writing a pros and a cons list or like a, it's so black and white, but it was such a black and white realization that I had. Yeah. And I think what's important to note on this too, is when you are making this pros and cons pros and cons list, (laughs) quans, (laughs) what are those? (laughs) But when you're making this pros and cons list, you're not just looking at the numbers, but you're looking at the density of each, because for example, you know, getting paid what you want versus, um, feeling in alignment with your truth, right? Like the density of getting, being in alignment with your truth is far more quality of a con or I'm sorry, uh, of a pro than getting paid the amount you want to be getting in my opinion. So I think it's just so important that, you know, if you are that person who is trans like looking to transition to possibly leaving your job to pursuing something that's more in alignment something that lights you up inside, weigh out the pros and cons. Don't just list them out, weigh them out. Yes. Quant quality over quantity. Right. So even though I had so many more cons, all of those cons, some of them were, you know, pretty small, you know, I was like, okay, I could probably bite the bullet and commute. Okay. My commute was like something that wasn't a deal breaker. It was a lightweight con. (laughs) Yes, It was a lightweight con, but like, what was dense? What was weighing on my heart? What was like soul sucking to me? And that was like, wow, I can't, I can no longer settle for this. And so to have that realization a year in, I mean, it was actually probably like nine months in. So then I was kind of sitting with that for three months going, okay, let's make a plan of action. Mm. What am I going to do? What is that next step? What's the next thing that I can be doing? Yes. I just want to, I just want to say too, for the listeners, she, she made the decision I am no longer going to settle for this. And then she immediately took an action. She made a plan on what, how she was going to execute because she had already made that decision that she's no longer settling for mediocre. She's no longer settling for a life that doesn't serve her or those societal expectations. So I just want to take that note because that's so powerful, Bella. Mm. Yes. Like not marinating in the what if right? Like you're sitting in this uncomfy space and you can go round and round and round and you could say, oh, what if, or my friend Susie's not going to think as highly of me anymore, or I'm going to let down my parents, or I'm going to let down myself, right? Like 
feel into all of that by all means. I'm not saying don't tap into those emotions, but take action from this space of why do you want this to be different? Taking action despite the fear, right? Because action will take you out of doubt, but doubt will always Stop you from taking action. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. But that's like story of my life for for this year with all of the doubt. Um, But to really fully step into, okay, what is that action? It was having a conversation, a really, really uncomfortable conversation with my chef and saying, I love you guys. You guys have changed my life. I feel like I have learned so much from this space. I don't want to take that for granted or I don't wish it to be any other way, but this is what I need. This is what I need for my sanity and claiming that not dimming your light or hiding behind what you desire, like owning it. Hell yeah. I need this. This is like telling you what I need for these reasons. And I felt really fortunate that I was heard and understood and supported in that when I've heard a lot of horror stories about having uncomfortable conversations with your bosses and they don't take it well. And it's being okay with like, no matter what the outcome would be from from the response of your boss or whoever you're talking to whether it be good or bad supported or unsupported you're doing that and choosing to create your life by design because you deserve that because Mm -hmm. you're worthy of creating that like that is something you're capable of doing and it shouldn't matter what somebody else thinks that's really like I think the silver lining of all of this, it doesn't matter what anybody else finds. Mm, yes, you are so right. And I would love for you too to kind of talk about how someone can go from this place, especially because I know there is such bad stigma around network marketing. And I'm so glad that especially I'm seeing this in 2021, people are realizing that it's a beautiful opportunity. Like it is an incredible opportunity for people, anyone to essentially create their own income. They ha- they, there's no limit on the amount of income you can make as well as the freedom that you desire. You get to work as you please. You get to have fun as you please and play. Like there's so much flexibility in this. So I would love for you to talk about network marketing in itself. And if there is someone who is really, really worried and f- afraid of what other people are thinking, if they were to join a network marketing group, let's unpack that and like break that stigma. So what would you say to that person? I think this is such a beautiful question because I love being an educator in this space because like you said, network marketing has this like great cloud around it. And I understand why it does. I understand that people feel like they're only being spoken to because people want to get something from them or they're going to be swindled into something or it's all a hoax and kind of this trick and I, I fully understand that because I felt all those feelings. And, yeah, you, you can empathize with that from, for, for yourself. Totally. Yeah. And when I said yes to starting my business in network marketing in 2018, I didn't really know 
much about network marketing. It wasn't like it is today in 2020 where you probably have a handful of friends or know a couple of people who are affiliated with direct sales and in network marketing. I didn't know anybody. None of my friends were doing it. And so it was kind of like a foreign thing to me that I was like mysterious and intrigued by. But it was when I got involved with it that I was like, oh, I fell for it. It's one of those things. Like Mm -hmm. I wasted so much time. I put so much energy into this. And I really like thought in my bones that I was being tricked. Yeah. And people were out to get me. And there's so, so many limiting beliefs that I have overcome in around network marketing, around the industry, around my company, but also with just being an entrepreneur and those characteristics that come along with that too. And so much of um, what we believe to be true, I think stems down to coming from an employee mindset and going to literally being a business owner and fundamentally understanding that when you start your own business, it's not going to be profitable for a little bit. You're going to have to work and build that consistency so that it can compound and the structure of your empire, right? Like I need to, to launch off of something that has stability. And so something that I like to make incredibly clear with every prospect that I talk to with every woman that I work with is really fundamentally understanding this isn't going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. This is not going to be an overnight success. This is not a get rich quick business. This is something you need to do consistently. And I'm so it's like night and day for me to make that clear because I want people to understand what this is and also what this isn't and crush those beliefs early on so that they can rewrite their beliefs. Yeah. And I, cause that's so true. I mean, so many people who go into network marketing, they don't see the results immediately. And so they yeah. essentially give up. So how can someone stay consistent in this? Like what are some tangible tips that someone can use if they enter into a, a network marketing and they're like, okay, I know I want to do this, but it's taking a long time. As I mentioned in my last podcast, guys, patience is a must as an entrepreneur. Patience is a must and it's mandatory because these overnight successes, they don't actually exist. So Bella, how would you like speak to that person who's like, Oh, I really want to do this, but I, I don't want to wait long. How, what, what are some tangible ways for them to kind of go through that process of like w- going from where they are now to where they want to be? Mm. Mm. This is so good. I can say so many different things right now. Patience is one thing that just came up. It's so funny that you just brought that up. Um, I would honestly say having a cold, hard, honest, honest, honest look at why you said yes. Why did you join? What what did you want to create? Why is that important to you? But like literally going so deep into that why and asking yourself why like three times. Okay, why do I want to be able to travel? What is that going to do for me? Why do I want to be able to travel? Do I want to travel because I want to, you know, see other cultures because I want to 
change my perspective and realize that my way of living isn't the only way of living. Like that's the core of why I want to be traveling and, and, and going deeper and deeper and deeper into each of these things. Right. So instead of having it be so surface level, like I want to travel, I want to have more time freedom. I want to, you know, pay for, house. I want to pay off my credit card. I want to do all of these things that can kind of feel intangible and not to say that they're BS or they're kind of willy nilly, but what, like, let's ground it back down. Why, why is it really important to you? Because yes. so many people want to travel. So many people want to create financial freedom, but how is that specific and unique and individual to you? Yes. What does that look like for you? Yeah. Everyone's why is bio-individual. And that's such a powerful, powerful practice of just asking why until you get to the real reason, which is essentially most of the time going to be a feeling, you know, we're kind of circling back to what we were talking about earlier with the visualization. It's the feeling that those tangible things that are going to bring to you. And if you can focus on that and just ask yourself why, why, why multiple times and have that be the forefront of why you wake up in the morning and why you have the patience, why you're staying consistent in network marketing, it's going to make the process a lot more enjoyable because you actually have a reason. Yes. And it's going to allow you to also hold on to that vision, like have this long-term vision where, yes, that is a thing that might feel intangible where I can travel the world and literally build a Wi-Fi based business. Like that's what really makes that thing feel more tangible because you already have it. This thing that's so distant and, you know, so far down the line, maybe for you, maybe it's five years, 10 years. That's what makes it feel like it's here. It's present. It's already you know, in alignment with you, you're a vibrational match to it, to everything that you desire. Yes. Yes. That's so powerful. And I think that's so important and such great tips. So being patient, being consistent and asking yourself why, and putting your why at the forefront of your reason for doing it. So I love that. Thank you, Bella. That was a beautiful response there. Um, And so you mentioned something earlier too, that I wanted to touch on. It was like that transition from employee to boss and being the boss of not only a business, but your life too, like taking control of all aspects of your life. How would, how did you handle that? How did you handle that transition from employee and being undervalued to diving deep into mindset, spirituality, entrepreneurship? And what was that like for you? It was a very tough transition, especially because like you guys just heard, I was feeling really crushed and my relationship with money was in a really ugly place. I didn't think I could financially own my or pay rent for my own place. Like I didn't think I could move out of my mom's. I didn't think I could pay off all of my credit card debt. I had only ever been an employee. I did not know what that was going to be like and what necessarily that was going to entail, but a lot of shifts around what my relationship with money looked like, how I viewed money as literally just being an energy exchange. And so I was looking at the work that I was putting in and literally saying, okay, I'm, you know, earning X amount of dollars per hour. And that's the extent of it. So much of my money gets taken from taxes and 
that was really defeating. But to ultimately step into a new relationship with money, I think is what it was. And, and having this newfound love for earning and my, my capacity to call in what I was desiring, but also what I was deserving of, like everything, every goal that I had financially for myself, I had to take a very different approach and lens as to what my view even was for my paycheck. Like looking at, okay, that's how much I'm earning as an employee and having the patience, having the honesty with myself and ultimately asking myself this question. So I'm holding myself to these standards where I want to be, you know, making X amount per month. And when I look at actually how much work I had been doing, it didn't add up to that. And so I was holding myself kind of to these unrealistic expectations. And the question that really, really shifted my perspective and my mindset was if you were paying yourself for how much work you did in the last month, in the last week, in the last few days, would you want to pay yourself? Like thinking about that, I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. That's such a good question. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Listeners write that question down and really ask yourself that. Yeah. Would you pay yourself? And, um, I think diving a little bit more kind of similarly into the money mindset stuff, like envisioning money as your lover, but like, would money want to have sex with you? Yeah. Like those are two pretty similar questions for me. And that honest look where you're like, oof, no. Yeah. I don't pay attention to money. I don't give it the time of day. I avoid looking at my bank statements because it makes me nervous. It gives me anxiety. Or on the contrary, too, you over smother it, you hoard it, you're uh, afraid to lose it. You know, those are really relating money to as if it was your lover is such a powerful way for you to get clear on what your relationship is like with it. Because I was on the opposite side. I was so, I was such in this lack and scarcity mindset of just like, oh my gosh, if I have any sort of money, I have to keep it. I can't spend it. I can't treat myself because I don't deserve those things. And then you bring in the whole self-worth part of it. And those are really important questions to ask if you are getting into entrepreneurship, especially in an online space, because I think that people are like, have this really big misconception on how you make money online. And they think that it's like, oh, you have to be an influencer. You have to be this, you have to be that. And it's like, no, there are so many different ways for you to utilize this online space to bring in an income. But before you can even do that, you need to get really clear with what your relationship like with money even is, because it's not going to serve you to make a ton of money and do live this freedom-based lifestyle. If you're not able to have the capacity to keep it and feel worthy of it. 100%. And so that's like what the personal development journey has been like for me, because then I'm working on myself so that I can be, you know, I can have the capacity to earn the money that I want to earn the, the six figures that I want down the track. You know, it's like, 
I have to become that person first, understand all the really, really hard lessons along the way. And that if I did get that when I first started, I don't know if I would have liked it or, or stayed true to it. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's a really interesting thing to think about. It is. It is an interesting thing. And I'd say too, that when you are transitioning from employee to boss, you have to remember that you're not only like money mindset, so important, but you're also doing such deep inner work to just overcome yourself, overcome your own doubts, your own fears, your own limiting beliefs that are holding you hostage because they're not true. It's like, a prison that has no locks and you have the ability to get outside as soon as you deem yourself to be worthy of more. So it's such a powerful question to ask yourself those things. And I know we were talking about this earlier, but again, you have every right to just ask yourself, what do I want and pursue that and not let anything stop you. Mm. So well said. Thank you. Thank you. This is such a good topic. I'm like feeling on fire right now. (laughs) I'm with you. Yeah. So speaking of finances, um, I know a lot of people have this fear of, you know, taking the chances in a sense on becoming an entrepreneur and going into business for themselves and living this life by design because financially they might not be able to support themselves. So how can someone manage that? And like, I mean, I know some of the answers for me and I I like to keep it very transparent and real. It's like, there are some sacrifices that you may have to make. So what would you, what would you say in in regards to that topic right there? Um, In transitioning, in deciding, in choosing how you want your life to be different. Like you said, there are going to be some sacrifices. I said, I'm willing to live at my mom's house and in a tiny loft that has no door um, for at least six months. And I was willing to sacrifice that. I was willing to say, okay, that means that I'm not going to be paying rent. That means that I can save more. That means I can put more towards my $10,000 of credit card debt. Um, And that means that I can build the foundation of my business. And so I had to say no in saying yes to myself. You always have to say no. (laughs) You always have to sacrifice. But I think that pairs really beautifully with creating a life where you can have it all right. Where you don't have to, you know, necessarily sacrifice and feel like you're missing out on something it's just, it really is this really beautiful duality. It's Mm -hmm. like how you view saying no also. And when, like before I had that conversation with my chef and gave my two weeks, I was like, at this point I had known that I was building my online business and wanting to go more full-time with it. But also there was another option for me. So I knew that it wasn't going to, you know, pay the bills in the beginning. And I was like, okay with that. You know, I was like, I haven't, you know, really put in the work or, or done my time in order to earn quote enough. Right. Yeah. In order to fundamentally pay the bills, which is important. Like I understand there are things that need to happen and things that you do need, you know, deadlines. And I started off with my family business. I, 
I looked and I said, I can literally be making more per hour working in the same town that I live in, a two minute drive, working with people that I still love, um, getting fulfillment in completely different ways. And even if it's not necessarily related to health and wellness, like I love working with my mom and my brother. And so the fact that I can, you know, even to this day, still supplement my income with my full or my part-time job, California 89, right? Yeah. It's like, there's, there's a bridge kind of. There is. And that's such an important thing too. And I want to touch on this as well for my personal experience, you guys, this is, it's not a a glamorous process by any means. Like you, you know, as Gary V says, sometimes like sometimes you do have to eat shit and it's not to, you know, come from this place of, you can't have it all. You absolutely can, but that comes from enjoying the process. And when I first quit my corporate job, I mean, I was incredibly blessed. You know, I had somewhere to live for $300 a month in rent. And, you know, I was able to save enough money where I felt financially supported before I did leave my corporate job. But once I did, I was feeling miserably as an entrepreneur and I was, I did not have money to, I didn't have money coming in at all. So I knew that I had to do as Bella said and pay the bills and do the things that I knew I had to do as a you know person of the society. So I had to get two part-time jobs in order to do that while still building this dream business of mine. And yes that time, like you said it so beautifully, like finding, and I call this finding the win in the woe. It's like finding something to be grateful for when it's not such a great situation to be in, but always coming from this place of gratitude, because you know that what you're working towards is something much bigger than you could ever even imagine. And this is a stepping stone. This is a stepping stone to getting you to where you want to go and embrace it and love it and be grateful for it. And you'll enjoy the process a lot more versus if you were to focus on everything bad about the situation or viewing that no as such a negative, a negative thing, you know, a no is not always a negative thing. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you do have to go through that not so pretty part of making sacrifices so that you can work towards something that is so beautiful and so in alignment and just, uh, yeah. And it, and it works. It works. You know, we're, we're both living examples of this, but sometimes you have to go through the dirt and not have it be so pretty. And you got to make some sacrifices in order to get to where you want to go. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and, and that's what makes a really beautiful story too, right? You can look back. And oh my like, gosh. Oh my yes. God. Look what I've created for myself. Yes. Like if I had stayed in my job, I could have done all of these things, but because I chose myself in the process. Yeah. I had to go through some of it yes. because there wasn't stability and it didn't look good. I had to drag my feet through the mud and you question everything. You're like, Oh my God, did I make the right choice? I could just go back. It's fine. I can always like, they can hire me again. Like, Oh my gosh. This I is... had this feeling where yes. I, was like, oh, I made the wrong choice. I yeah. made the wrong decision. I screwed up. This is so, this is like literally chills all over my body when you just said that, because well, one, yes, you're going to have those moments of doubts where you're just like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> like the number of times where I asked myself, what did I just 
is due. And also kind of having this reassurance of like, okay, well, you know, I could always go back. I could always go back if I need to, yeah. but also like, oh my God, it's such a powerful just thing to be in. Like your story is your brand. And this is what I teach every single one of my clients. Every powerful brand has a beautiful story behind it. So as you're going through those really dark places, know that it's for you. And it's going to be a part of an epic fucking story that you get Mm. to tell in a couple months, in a couple years from now. Like Mm. it is know that every, anything that you're going through right now, you're going to look back on and it's going to inspire the fuck out of someone. Yeah. It's going to hopefully inspire the fuck out of you. Hell yeah. (laughs) I did that. That's like a little confidence boost that you need. You're like, I really overcame that, even though it wasn't gracefully, even though it may not have been with the snap of my fingers. I did that. I built resilience in that. Like Mm. that is character building. And through all of this, through the failures and the triumphs, like, I don't really see anything that happens to me in my business as a failure. It literally is feedback. It's, you know, hearing the word no, like having to completely redefine what no means. um, It's, it's not failure. It's maybe how could I have approached that better? Maybe I could have um, done things a little bit differently, but you know, outside of just hearing the word no and having this huge setback, right? Like not reaching a a financial goal or not reaching, you know, X amount of people you want to help, right? Like there's always value and feedback in the failure and in the pain and in the struggle. Always, always with every, and I side note, you guys, an episode is dropping very soon. And the topic is every breakdown has a breakthrough. So every breakdown that you experience, you're also encountering a beautiful breakthrough. And like you said, every failure you experience, you get to decide to take it as feedback and learn from it and grow from it and make it happen for you instead of happening to you. So, so much gold, Bella. Um, I have one last question for you today. And I'm asking every single one of the podcast guests, and it's a very important question for me. And I know for the listeners as well, it is how can the person listening to this podcast make their success a pleasure filled experience. Hmm. Trusting the voice, trusting the nudge, feeling into this intuitive message that you were given for a reason and that nudge telling you that you're meant for more. And it's the scariest, scariest thing in the world to chase this feeling, something that's so intangible, but you feel like you're going against everything that you may have built or everything that everyone expects of you. But taking that leap and taking that chance because creating a life design, a life by design is the most pleasurable experience you could ever say yes to. You are so right. And that is so powerful. I've literally had chills all over my body this entire (laughs) podcast interview. Wow. Bella, thank you so, so much. This has been such a pleasure. And I know that there were a ton of gold nuggets in here. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story and just being you. You are seriously 
such a gift. And I'm so happy that you're my soul sister and that I've been able to go through this experience with you by my side. That in itself has made it far more pleasurable for me. So I thank you. And for everyone listening, please be sure to follow Bella. Um, Her Instagram and all of her information is going to be in the show notes before, but Bella, do you want to tell them what your Instagram or where they can find you? Yeah. My handle is I am Bella Grace underscore. Beautiful. Yeah. That's my handle. I love showing up on there and in that space and um, excited to meet you on there. Yes. Make sure to follow her and connect with her. She is a magical being and Thank you for supporting the show and being here. I hope that you found so much value out of this and stay tuned because some amazing episodes are going to be dropping again soon. And I can't wait for you to listen to them. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Pleasurable Success Podcast. If you vibed with me and this episode, please be sure to share it with someone who you know will benefit from it and take a little screenshot, post it on IG and be sure to tag me at Sarah Rose underscore D. That way I can say what's up and slide in your DMs. And of course, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified on when the next episode drops and that you're not missing out. Get out there, illuminate this world with your magic and remember how worthy you are of having it all.